Hello everyone, welcome to How To Wrestling bonus episode. Uh, a little quick one here. We, we think we're going to try and do a few of these, which are just little episodes, little extra guides that might help you on your journey to uh, understanding and goodness knows, maybe even enjoying wrestling. And this one's going to be on wrestling terms, insider lingo and terminology. So it's Kevin here. Hello. And uh, Joe. Hello. Hi Joe. how are things? I'm a bit less sick. Yeah, and you sound uh, much, much better. Yes. You only tend to notice these things once you've heard someone on a podcast and you're like, yeah. oh yeah, actually, now you. <laughs> you heard me wheeze my way through. Are you looking forward to talking about some insider terminology? I am. I'm very, very excited. I hope they're very silly. I mean, well, it's something interesting about insider terminology is do you think it's something that's rather off-putting for new wrestling fans getting in? Oh, absolutely, yeah. No, it was definitely something that um, I found quite hard to pick up in the early days. People like can speak entire sentences and they can make no sense to normal human ears. Well that's the thing, I was listening to the Astudera podcast the other day uh, <laughs> and I got some of it but there were the, the occasional sentence which was just like a, a completely different language. Usually someone like, you know, we're talking about something that's normal, then we're talking, and then like, it's like and then this guy hits a football. suplex and he doesn't know how to work it, he doesn't sell the arm, he's a monkey and he should get out of here and go back to that territory, he'll never work in Florida again. The booker has the take, you know, it, it, that doesn't make any sense, really, no, it though, doesn't. does it? Can you repeat that now and translate for... No, well, I'm sure I can get the general point across. The point is we're never working in Florida again, that territory is, is, is bust. Um, I thought just to emphasise this, we mentioned briefly in the first episode one or two terms. Yeah. What ones do you remember? I think we, we we talked about heel and face. Do you want to describe heel those? Heel and face, yep. So heel is a bad guy. Yeah. The villain. The villain of the piece. The villain of the piece, yeah. And the face is the good guy. Mm. And that's short for baby face. Yeah. And then there are other versions of baby face I learned, such as white meat baby face. Yeah. Which is for the American style good guy oh, yeah the old kind of wholesome good guy yeah, yeah. the more traditional so yeah white meat babyface isn't the name of joe's new uh hard rap game uh, white meat babyface you know, with sick. loads of gang signs Ugh. you know and uh and a hat <laughs> we know that there's no such thing as a, a brown or a dark meat no. babyface but you can have there was another one we had didn't we for for alignment began with a t oh yeah tweener yeah yeah that's which, an adorable one i forget already what what does that mean? Tweener was was someone who's kind of in between face and heel. Oh right, yeah. So those are the kind of those are the two main ones. I think are there any other terms that you're aware of? Um Kayfabe. Kayfabe, of course, which is Canon. Canon. That's the yeah. easiest way to describe it. The the story yeah. of, of the piece. There's one which I use a lot in day to day conversation. I've been told by Adam from the Attitude Podcast and Sam from Cinema Swirl particularly say that I say this all the time. Is it I, shoot? Yeah. Yeah. Shoot. Do you know what shoot means? Yeah, no, I, sh- I, I used shoot, I think, now. I picked it up from you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I used it to my mum the other day. That's amazing. Huh? Yeah. What does shoot mean for the people at home? So shoot means real. Yeah. Yeah. And you can use shoot as both an adjective and a verb. So right now, me and Joe, we're recording this in our shoot living room, okay? So this is this is this is a shoot. It's, you know, they could say this is a shoot. Right. This is real. You yeah. know. So that's a, a poor. Do you know what the opposite of shoot is? A work? Yes. Yes. Very good. I wasn't sure about that one. That's very good. I thought you were working me there. <laughs> by the way, you were carrying on. No, I was shoot. Yeah, you were being shoot. Exactly. Yeah. Working work is basically meant that it's make believe. Right. So kayfabe is a work, if you know what I mean. Because you know kayfabe is you convincing oh, you it's real. 
And if you're worked by someone, it means that they've convinced you it was real. If a wrestler has ever done a very dangerous move and you thought that they were you know, actually hurt and they weren't, then they've worked you into okay. thinking. Tricked is basically how work could be could be used. So is it just in relation to other wrestlers or is it to the audience in general you or can, just anything? Usually it just it, it can be used as, and like in wrestling, it could be used in all contexts. Would it like, work in the context of being trolled? Could you replace yeah, basically. it with, oh my God. You know, if you're if you're working everyone, you can be a troll in, yeah. in a sense. Yeah, you could view it like that. But I mean, in wrestling, here's the thing to know, right? I'm talking face and heel and shoot and work here in the context of describing wrestling matches. Wrestling fans, and to a much larger extent, wrestlers themselves will use these words in real life. Oh yeah, I'm sure I've heard you do use a lot of them. Shoot dinner is a term. That's yeah, used, <laughs> as in my actual dinner, as opposed to your work dinner. Yeah, or what a heel, you know, when someone does something racist on Twitter, yeah. for instance. I know I've, I've referred to people as a heel. Yeah. <laughs> but I think those are the four main ones. If you know those four, and you're just starting out in wrestling, you've got a decent enough handle, you I think. You can hold a basic, yes, normal conversation. Work, shoot, face, heel. You at least know when someone's trying to deceive you if they tell you afterwards. Yeah. But sometimes those words can be used very confusingly. I mean, for instance here, do you want to help me translate this Hulk Hogan tweet from, from a while back? No, it's not a full stop. <laughs> or an admission of racism. <laughs> Good night, Hulkamaniacs and Jabroni Marks without a life that don't know it a work when you work a work and work yourself into a shoot, Marks. What? <laughs> Say it again. Good night, Hulkamaniacs and Jabroni Marks without a life that don't know it a work when you work a work and work yourself into a shoot, Marks. Okay, I think I could possibly translate that at if I went by bit by bit I think I could work it out but that just seems so tangled work a work work a work <laughs> okay so I think he means work in the normal sense non-wrestling mm. when you work something I think what he means here when he says work a work he, he means makes a work happen it means that he's putting forth say on a show that it's a work like oh this what I'm doing is fake okay. but the admission that it's fake is itself right. a work a double fake, if you will, a double bluff. You're telling the audience what you're actually doing, but you're actually not. Okay. Which, unfortunately, has happened far too often in wrestling for my liking. Really? Yeah, where like they try to make you think that it's real, but, it's, you know, we all know, like, hate to break it to you, lads. We're on to the game. We know it's not real, <laughs> you know? Right, what we're going to do is, from various sources online, including uh, Pro Wrestling Torch, some people over at Reddit some help on Twitter, and good old-fashioned Wikipedia, I've compiled what I think to be a pretty darn definitive list of wrestling terms and their context. I think, you know, there might be some other ones that might not be on the list, but I think these are ones which might reasonably be used. I'm right. not using ones that haven't been used like, in like 100 years or something. <laughs> right, it's not a history test then. Do you know why wrestling, wrestling has this weird lingo? No. Is it to hide from the police? <laughs> So they don't know. Is it? I don't. Is it so non-wrestling fans don't know what they're talking about? Basically, <laughs> I think the roots of it is wrestling has its roots in in the carnival, the traveling carnival in oh, America. I see. So carny, which you know the actual speak the, the the language which they would use so they could speak to each other. It was like kind of a form of oh, pig Latin. Yeah, it makes sense. So they could speak to each other, which meant that the people that they were ripping off in the audience wouldn't know. Mm -hmm. And a lot of this terminology and the reason why it has all these words like kayfabe was a word that was used in carnias and kind of to try and trick the audience about what you were doing it was misdirection or whatever okay so a lot of the terms which we will be going through 
have their roots in like way old timey carnival times. Okay. Which is pretty interesting. But the reason, yeah, why wrestling would have this kind of code or hidden talk was so that they could have this secret language that us non-wrestling folk, us muggles, (laughs) wouldn't wouldn't understand, okay? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where a lot of it comes from. A lot of old-timey wrestlers will use this lingo a lot more to kind of maybe harken back to a bygone era. Ew. And there will be some wrestlers now. Like, if I went up to Steve Austin now to say we hypothetically met him at a podcast convention, we're like, hey, Steve... Remember when you were working me? You know, God, you know, what a, what a mark I was. If you started talking wrestling terminology like that, he'd probably think you're an asshole. <laughs> okay. But amongst wrestling fans, it's okay, it seems. Right. So, I thought yeah. you said the wrestlers were quite into doing it, though. They are, but I think they think it's their thing. You oh, know, I the see. brotherhood of wrestling, you know, right. our secret thing. Okay. You're not meant to know about these words who told you these words you know <laughs> right so I'm going to go through them there is one caveat however like a elongated game of you don't know Jack <laughs> I thought it'd be funny if I put in a wrong answer of the game in here Ooh, okay. Br- brought to you by AE commentaries available now at <laughs> selfie.com forward slash AE podcast and if you uh, if you manage to guess the correct one, I'll actually give you a free um, AE commentary, Joe. Because uh, there you go, no such thing as mates rates. You no, know, not in this I have house to pay home. for my podcast commentaries just like the rest. Just of like you. just like the working man and woman at home, you know. <laughs> so if you can guess which one is wrong, okay. I'll be uh, I'll be much interested. <laughs> Although having a look through here, because I used to think a lot of these were self-explanatory, but they're not, are they? No. Right, so we're going to go in alphabetical order, okay? I think that might be the, the, the best way. And we'll try and use it in a sentence if we can, okay. you know, for proper US spelling bee national championship rules, right. okay? So starting off uh, with A's. A show. Could you guess what an A show is? A show, is? is that a really good show? Yeah. Yeah. So like Monday Night Raw is the A show for WWE. Oh. Because okay. that's kind of like their... Oh, so it's more like an A-list yeah, yeah. rather than A-plus. Well done, you've done a good job. Oh, that was an A-show. No, you would be more like, this is the A-show. Because this oh, is the I main gotcha. the kind of show. So, yeah, using a sentence, obviously, then, Raw's the, the A-show. Of course, wrestling would have to have this. I, I would not include this normally, but it, it is actually one that is used. Uh, abortion. What? An abortion. If a storyline or something that was meant to transpire in a ring doesn't come off or is completely messed up... That was the uh, the old term that was That's used for that. still used. Some people do would still use that, yeah. Fucking hell. Okay, if you're listening to this podcast and you're still using that word, don't. Yeah. Stop. You know what? Train wreck. That's... Yeah, well, actually, no, that that's not quite... <laughs> like, something lighthearted, <laughs> like a train wreck. You know, a terrorist atrocity, you know, and something... <laughs> a plague. Yeah, that might, that might be good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that refers to so, Jesus. That's uh, really bad. I don't want. I, do I have to use it in a sentence? I think I get the idea. You get the idea. I'm not going to use it in a sentence. <laughs> Here's a big one. Now, this is one which you'll hear a lot, and this is one which I say I'd be guilty of using a lot. An angle. Oh, um, is that when they have like a plan involved? Well, basically, it would refer to like a storyline or just kind of a series of events. As in, like, a feud would be like an angle, basically. Hmm. What's Seth Rollins' angle at the moment? Well, he's the champion. He's trying to hold on to the belt. Oh, you I know? see. That, okay. So, so an angle is just kind of like someone's story or, like, the plan for them, as you mentioned, uh, in, a, in over the next few months. So you will hear people refer to angles a lot. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've heard that know? one a few yeah, times. Even though they mean storylines, whatever. People in wrestling will always say angle instead of 
storyline for whatever reason. Right. Art Vandal. Art Vandal. Yeah, an Art Vandal. Uh, fucking hell. Are you sure you ever made this one up? I did. You guessed it. Damn it. <laughs> I, I I thought I might be able to sneak that one past you. <laughs> it's just too silly. Yeah, I was going to say it was someone who steals another wrestler's gimmick. Oh, wow. That was quite good. I thought maybe I gave it away because it was too similar to Art Vandelay <laughs> from Seinfeld's. It is quite similar. That's good. You've had your coffee today. You passed, you passed the podcasting test. Uh, B show, you can probably guess on the basis of what an A show so, was. So, less important. Yeah. Which would be such as? Smackdown would be a B show. Why Smackdown and not? Raw? Because Raw is like kind of the main show of the week where the main story would happen, the main oh, okay. big matches. Whereas the B show, you know, storylines are still advanced, less important though. You know, you don't have to necessarily catch it to know what's going on in the overall scheme of things. Okay. So, uh, Babyface, which you already know, of course, the mm-hmm. good guy or the hero. A beatdown. A beatdown's when he beats them up. Yeah, literally, when uh, one wrestler or other performer is given a, a massive whooping, okay? That's so common sense, pretty, that one. I think that's common sense, yeah. yeah. A beatdown, though, would usually mean that they're completely laid out and they've no hope of, of winning, so... Right. Serious thing. John Cena would rarely be given a beatdown on Monday Night Raw. Would be okay, a good, uh, yeah. Sentence to that. <laughs> a blade. Is it when the character Blade from the hit movie series Blade. I always wondered when Wesley Snipes would whiz- whizzle his way into this yeah. podcast and uh, first bonus episode is the, is the time for that. That's so it's to refer to him becoming a main part of the story, right? Wesley I think Snipes. you might know this one. <laughs> um, how do wrestlers make themselves bleed, do you know? Oh, I do know this one. Ha- all right, content warning. We are going to expose the business right now, okay? Right, yeah. So if you are sensitive or Jim Ross... You know, skip forward. Yeah. Content warning, self-harm. <laughs> so a blade is when... Oh, okay. This is so gross. So in a certain era of wrestling, I think it was the Attitude Era, uh, it became very popular and the wrestlers were encouraged to bleed lots during matches. They did this, actually, I will say. They yeah. did a lot in the Attitude Era. They would have escalated, but they would have done this all the time up during in wrestling beforehand. So right. this was oh, common okay. practice. More prevalent in the Attitude Era, like some of the stuff we've seen, definitely. Yeah. But definitely would have still been used before then. Okay. So, So what they used to do to make themselves bleed is they'd carry around these little razor blades and then they'd cut open their faces. Yeah. And it was really interesting, actually. You make it seem so grotesque. It is really grotesque. For me, it just seems so, like, normal and grand. I know, it's horrible. You've normalised this terrifying behaviour. Yeah. It's bad. So blading is when you cut yourself with this hidden piece of metal. Uh, it would be uh, usually a cut piece of razor blade. Different wrestlers would use different things. Uh, do you know where they would keep it? The blade. I'm guessing it depends on their outfits, but probably things like their wristbands and yeah, stuff. Yeah, wrist tape would be a very common one. Did they ever like keep them behind their ear? No, but you know, some people would give uh, the referee the blade. Oh my god! And you, were, if you're very, very eagle-eyed, and sometimes when a referee would go down to check someone in a hold, he'd be like, "Here you go, buddy." That's you know? so dark. Actually, in Botchamania, it's a little running joke they used to use, which was if you, he caught it on camera of a referee passing a wrestler the blade, yeah. and he would say, "It's dangerous to go alone. Take this." <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. uh, Botchamania. If you're a, a new fan, is is a compilation on YouTube of like wrestling mistakes and whatnot. It's very funny, definitely worth checking out if you've got a, a somewhat of an understanding going in. Blading, cutting yourself there, they would hide in the wristband. Sometimes the referee would have it. The million dollar question, uh, bonus points for this one, is if you can tell me where you think Hulk Hogan kept his blade famously. 
Not either of the two places we mentioned already. And also, it wasn't in his tights. Some wrestlers would do that as well, would keep it in their, well, like in their, their tights. Pants. Well, again, like their knee pad or tucked in the boot or in their outfit somewhere. I really hope the answer is in his moustache. You're close. You're very, you're hot. Hell. You're roasting hot. I will say, this is where he allegedly claims he stuck it. I still think it's bullshit. I'm trying to think. Actually, probably. But I will say, for the record, he's hardly in a position to defend himself <laughs> against this accusation <coughs> at this moment in time. Right. Bigger things on his plate, probably, than Kevin Mann thinks that you don't <laughs> put your blade where you think you put yeah. it. <laughs> so, what do you think? Shocking. Uh, he's, does he wear a headband? I forget if he wears, like. Yes, but he would usually take it off. Okay. Mouth. Close with his moustache. Yeah. He didn't really have much hair. So he it's in his have... mouth. Mm. Yeah, under oh. his tongue, apparently. Yeah, and the other, other, only other interesting place where where wrestlers have snuck their blades before. Uh, Joe's quivering now, folks. Uh, <laughs> this is what happens when you expose the business too much too soon. <laughs> it's overwhelming. It's like in Good Night, Mr. Tom, where he eats all the rich food and gets sick because it's just too, <laughs> it's too much. You know? Except this isn't delicious food. This is harrowing. <laughs> How wrestlers make themselves bleed. Ric Flair used to keep his on his finger. He would wrap it a little bit of wrist tape on his on his index finger. Oh no, you've told me the and story. And he would, yeah, cut himself. Oh. There was one or two instances where he accidentally poked Aladdin in his... In, I will be sensitive here, but once or twice he did poke a guy in his ghoulies uh, with his sharp blade as a result, picking him up for like a slam or whatever. So, blading, that's a big one. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That's so traumatising to think about seriously well now you know okay that's a huge one though blading how it's done where it's kept of course though WWE's current policy on blood is there is none so this is a practice which is not found in the main show anymore what happens if a wrestler actually bleeds what is if they if they blade or if they no if they bleed by accident if they bleed by accident there was a period of time where they would just kind of let it slide and then they introduced this thing where they would have to stop the match and hot glue be applied to the wound immediately. Okay. But if you think about it, why do you think someone might get you know, cut accidentally? Because the match has been really intense and what's quite a bad thing to do at that point is yeah. stop everything for five minutes while CM Punk or whoever has a tail wrapped around his head and is given stitches on the yeah. spot. So I think there, it's a little bit like now and then they seem to, like at WrestleMania this year, uh, the champion at the time, Brock Lesnar, he bled, but they didn't stop it. So I think they're a little lax on it now. I see. But if someone was to cut themselves blading, as we've discussed... I imagine they'd be fired. Yeah, no, they'd be fined or fired. Wow. Batista from the Guardians of the Galaxy yes. movie? Yeah. Yeah, he famously once got fined several hundred thousand dollars. It's like 2008 or nine. Because he did it in a match, he he thought, oh, wow. the, he thought the match needed it, even though they were PG. And he did it, and... It was looking like everyone was going to get like fired or, you know, but he took the blame for it. Oh and he got God. several hundred thousand, six figures. That's how how much Vince McMahon thinks of that. Wow. So, yeah. Blow up. If a wrestler is to blow up. Does that mean they get really famous? No, it means they become really tired. What? Yeah. So, a guy who blows up early on in the match is a guy who gets really tired, starts, you know... Breathing heavily. If you're tired in wrestling, you're pre-fucked because, you know, you, you can't pick up a guy, you might make a mistake. Yeah. You can't run quick enough. Most wrestlers on the roster in WWE probably wouldn't blow up. Right. But there's famous examples of wrestlers, like, blowing up in a match. Like, Hulk Hogan is someone who would frequently be known to blow up and he would just lose all his energy after, like, five minutes. Oh, right. Would spend 15 minutes doing 
you know, moves where he could rest. Yeah. Or have a little sleep. <laughs> Not or lie down. Oh no, you punched me, I'm going to have a ten minute nap. This, you know? Lucky this feather boa is here, which I can rest my head on. <laughs> Book or a booker? Or someone who's booking? I think the booker, isn't that who decides... Uh, who gets to wrestle? Yeah, so they're, they're the kind of thanks, the, total divas. Yeah, they put together the show. It's like like you would think someone who books a show. Yeah, they put it together. Is that um, William Regal on NXT? Technically, yeah, you could say William Regal is the kayfabe oh, okay. booker. But he's not the real booker. He's not the real booker. The shoot booker would be a, a staff of writers and producers, oh. <laughs> which is less cool than back in the day when like Ric Flair was the booker, which would have been a you know, real life example. Huh. Or you know. Uh, Vince McMahon was the booker. Now it's kind of a committee. Bootleg. Bootleg. Does it mean like a knockoff of another wrestler? Yeah. So shoddy, you know, bootleg. If something is crap, rubbish. Oh, so it doesn't mean that they're copying someone else. Not necessarily. Bootleg can mean something that's either stolen or rubbish or knockoff. Okay. What's the definition of, what's an example of a knockoff? I don't know. Let's see. Uh, This guy had a bootleg Steve Austin gimmick. So right. he like he looked like he basically copied Steve Austin's thing, but it was pretty shit. Like you right. know, he drank beer and it was not authentic. You know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Boom, boom, boom. A boom. I have no idea. Is that a made-up one? <laughs> it's surprisingly not. Wrestlers <laughs> referring to the ebb and flow of a match. If they're just saying how it's gonna be put across, they'll say boom, boom, boom. Like if someone comes in, and you get hit, and then that guy gets hit, and then another guy gets hit, and they oh, all fall okay. down. It's the boom, boom, boom. Right. You'll notice most wrestling matches will have a moment where there is a. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. But, like, wrestlers, when they're putting together their matches, if you can hear it sometimes, uh, you see footage of it somehow, sometimes it can be, like, another language. Like, you come in, you give me the heat, boom, 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 then I cut you off, I give you the heat, boom, boom, boom. It's just like, what? I can imagine... It's like music. Gordon Ramsay telling people to... Something to do with boom, 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 boom in the kitchen. It's just simple ingredients. Boom, 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 boom. Then you have frittata. It's how, how simple is that? <laughs> One you might hear a lot of boys that will refer to as the wrestlers. Right. Cough, cough, male dominated industry. Yeah. The boys were in the back talking <laughs> about their match. That's an example of using that. Pretty That's a bit sexist, isn't it? it? Well, yeah. They are referring to usually men all the time. I don't think there are lady wrestlers going, me and the boys were in the back. They probably refer to themselves as the girls. I'm not yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. But yeah. Something you might hear wrestlers say as an accusation. You're not one of the boys. And that's a quite a serious claim. Someone right. who's like maybe not sociable, not well liked, doesn't participate in locker room discussions or, or whatnot. Not part of the the fraternity or the sorority or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. wrestling. You're not one of the boys. That's a really bad thing. Some of the big famous wrestlers might be accused of not being one of the boys. Brock Lesnar is not one of the boys, okay, for right. instance. Because he's like would have his own dressing room and stuff like that. Right. The brass is a one which you'll hear quite often referring to the management. I think that's used in police dramas as well, though. You know, yeah. Top brass want Steve Austin to lose the belt. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've heard that one in cop dramas. Yeah, but top brass also want McGonaghy off the uh, yeah. off the Richter case, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Brother is a term that wrestlers use all the fucking time, old timey wrestlers. I think Hulk Hogan says that one a lot, doesn't he? He he, he would have you believe that he's it, that's his word. He uses it so much. Yeah. It's not really. Okay. But a kind of just like it's like wrestling terminology for dude. Yeah, I figured. And if if you're one of the boys, you call each other brother, you know. It's an old timey wrestling thing though, you know. That right. you to use it. A bump. I think you might know what this one is. Oh, is that when they're given like a extra push 
in no. the thing. <laughs> that sounds like it should be. Yeah. Though. Yeah, a bump. Like, Give them a bump up the car. Yeah, you know? an extra opportunity. No, a bump refers to any hit or knock they kind of take in the ring. Okay. So, oh, yeah, he jumped off the rope. He took an awful bump. Right. You know, because he fell and he landed hard or... You know, any time you land on That's the ground in the ring. my mum calls it as well. Really? Yeah. Everyone does. Everyone's <laughs> oh, did you fall over and get a bump? Someone might say in wrestling that, you know, oh man, Adrian Neville is an amazing wrestler because he bumps his ass off. Meaning right. that in a match, he will have lots of moves done to him. He'll land a lot. He's quite active, mm. you know. Wrestlers who don't bump a lot would be ones who are kind of more concerned about self-preservation than putting on the most entertaining show, so right. some would say. So yeah, bump is, is used quite a lot, you know. You might hear me go, oh, that's a sick bump or a horrifying bump <laughs> if someone lands on something crooked. What about John Cena's literal horrifying bump? Oh yeah, that, that would also be used. If he took a bump on that bump, <laughs> a hot jet of yellow piss would come out of his hair or something. It'd be gross. Barry, this is a huge one. Bury. I'm, I'm going to bury you, Joe right. Gray. Uh, yeah, I assumed it was B-U-R-Y and not B-E-R-R-Y. Yes. Um, I'm going to bury I'm, I guess I'm going to beat you and it, then... It can involve that, yeah. Bury and then make you not famous anymore. It's basically... Bury just means to do things in such a way that makes someone come across as being like really shit. Like, say you're really excited about a match your favourite wrestler is is for, just say for argument, your favourite wrestler is Steve Austin, mm. okay, and Steve Austin comes out to wrestle his match, and he loses the match in like 10 seconds, and then after the match, three guys come out and beat him up, right. and then he's been carried away to the hospital, and someone like runs over his car or whatever. Okay. I mean, that would be an example of burying someone, because you're making him look hopeless, weak, shit, no value. Okay. If someone's being buried, it's basically the people in the back want you to not make this person seem in a good light. Right, gotcha. And wrestlers, with the politics, as we've discussed, will often accuse each other of trying to bury someone. Oh, okay. You know, like a big star. Like, in oh, kayfabe? Or no, in, in IRL, in real in life. life? <laughs> yeah, as in, you shoot try to bury me by making me look shit in this wrestling match by, by not making my moves look good or being uncooperative. Huh. So burying is a, is, a, is a heinous act. Right. You will hear a lot of internet fans, though, use this term. Like, at the drop of a hat. Yeah. As in, who's your favourite wrestler, Joe? Um, probably Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins loses a match, okay, and then someone might go, hey, they're burying Seth Rollins. Right. He's been buried. <laughs> Obviously, as we know, wrestling is a story when everyone's got an arc with ups and downs. Yeah. And just because you maybe lose one match doesn't mean, or even if you lose two matches, doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to bury you. Right. But wrestling fans seem to think it happens an awful lot. So does it kind of mean about ruining their image? Yeah, like, yeah, basically. Okay. Burying is like ruining someone's brand. Right. Okay. What, what, it's whatever the opposite of a retweet is. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, taking away yeah, glory and luster. The business. I think that one seems, I'm guessing it's self-explanatory. And yeah. it means the wrestling industry. Yeah. And uh, if you're serious... You refer to th- this business. The biz. You know, this biz. And I think only only if you're in the business are you allowed to say this business. Okay, you know? so again, a fan say it to someone. Yeah, I say it ironically all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I did this really short little wrestling thing with uh, the band Fight Like Apes a few years ago. And there were some indie wrestlers involved. And jokingly, because I had some total of like six hours of wrestling experience... I like come backstage and read news that some wrestler was injured, and I'd be like, "This fucking business, 
It swallows you up. It spits you out, brother. This fucking business. I hate you. So I, I think business is, a, is an awesome word. Triple H will always use the word business. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've heard him say that. Yeah, when he's like... And they'll use it in kayfabe. They'll use the word business. Catchphrase of one of the main bad guy groups, the authority is... What's best for business. Oh, yeah. Referring to the greater good, you know, which yeah. I think is, is quite a fun play on it. The card is the lineup of a match. Right. So, but I think that's used in all combat sports, so he may have known that one already. To carry someone. Does that mean if they're, like, say, in a tag team and one of them's really shit? Yeah. Or not necessarily even a tag team, any match. If yeah. someone's really shit and you make them look good. Basically, yeah. Yeah. So someone who might be very good at carrying someone is like... I think we mentioned in like episode one, Ric Flair could carry me probably to yeah. a match, even though I'm not very good. It's a good thing to be able to say you can carry someone, you okay. know. Uh, people would criticise John Cena saying that he had to be carried through a lot of his big matches. But again, it's one that's used quite quite a lot. Okay. Comeback, I think, is obvious what that is. Dark match. And now it's not when Vince forgets to pay the electric bills. A dark match. Some wrestlers hoping to get into the WWE might be evaluated in a dark match. Oh, does that mean like a test match to see if they're any good? Yeah, or, or a match that happens off camera. Yeah. So it can either be usually someone getting a tryout or someone just local they're having a look at. Yeah. Likewise, at most of the big shows that they tape, they'll have a match after the cameras are off for the audience to send them home oh. happy. Usually where John Cena gives a bad guy 10 finishing moves and leaves on top of the world. Right. Usually a little dark. It's only like you know, a quick little thing at the end, just a little post credit sequence, basically. Mm-hmm. A draw is one... Which obviously, a draw in a match is no one wins. Yeah. But a draw can also refer to how much money that they've made. Okay. So Stone Cold Steve Austin would be considered one of the top draws of all time. Oh yeah, no, I've heard this. Yeah, because yeah, he made a lot of fucking money. Or, oh, WrestleMania is in Texas this year. That's going to be a big draw for that city, you know, mm. that kind of thing. I wonder how many of these would also work as general sports terms. I mean, I don't know anything about any sport really I think a lot of these would work as as I worked as like a cold caller in an insurance company for like three or four months right and I would use a lot of wrestling terms and it would kind of work not all the time how well I once told my boss that you don't want to mess with some of these marks who are all sizzle and no steak for fuck's sake (laughs) I think he liked what I referred to the people we were selling pensions to as marks but (laughs) Jesus But uh, I was just using it, you know, because it, it sounded... I didn't have... I hadn't seen The Wolf of Wall Street yet, so I thought it was <laughs> it was the best thing I had. But I think... Uh, I know in, like, maybe in boxing, a lot of these terms might be used. Yeah? I don't know if people refer to it as someone being a, a top draw in footy. I swore I've heard it before. Yeah, I think a shoot has a different meaning. In, in it might football. be something to do with, like, theatre. Yeah. Actors being draws. Here's a, an important one. Someone who recently passed away and has this term named after him. Named after the late Dusty Rhodes, who is the father of Goldust and also on the main roster Stardust, Cody Rhodes. The Dusty Finish. Oh, I've heard that re- used recently. I was wondering what that Yes. Meant. A Dusty Finish is not a finish where everyone needs to get vacuumed up afterwards. A Dusty <laughs> Finish is one where, say, like the good guy wins and it's like, yay, arm is raised up. That's it. But something has happened in the decision of the match that causes a second referee... Or an authority figure, someone to come out and change the decision. So to like make you think that the good guy has won, but then it's been something else. Oh, okay, yeah. So a dusty finish might be 
Seth Rollins lost the world championship to Adrian Neville on Raw. Oh my God. And Adrian Neville holds up the belt. It's like, holy shit, he's won. Can you believe it? But a second referee comes out to reveal that Seth had his foot on the rope or something. And that meant that it didn't count. And then Seth quickly rolls him up and gets a three count himself. That's a dusty finish. The bait and switch. Dusty Rhodes, when he was the booker, used this an awful lot when he like worked in territories to such a ridiculous extent that it's now named after him. Oh, I see. It was quite obvious that nearly every single time Dusty Rhodes had some sort of big win and then another referee would come out and take it away. <laughs> he had his heart broken around 900 oh. times. <laughs> a feud, I think you can probably guess yeah. what that is. You know, A finishing move is usually someone's move which indicates that they're planning on ending the match. Right. This is something you've had difficulty with, finishing moves. I still moves. can't really get my head around. I don't know how people recognise different types of moves. We will do a bonus episode, I think, <laughs> on just moves. Yeah. Or some sort of guide. Because, yeah, I can't get the hang of it. I mean, I know suplex, but even then I get confused with other moves. Well, yeah, you only know that because there's a city named yeah, after it. Yeah, that's literally <laughs> the only reason. I watched Brock Lesnar do it to Seth Rollins 13 times in a row. Like, I've kind of hammered it home <laughs> You know point. what it looks like. Yeah. Thanks, Brock. <laughs> Seriously. I know a clothesline. Yeah. Um, DDT? No. Yeah. What's that? It's when someone puts their like kind of face in like a front face lock where their head is under their arm and they just fall backwards on their back driving okay. their head in. I will be honest, when I try to think, how did I learn wrestling moves? It was probably from playing lots of wrestling games and huh. making my own character and going through all the moves from my guy one by one and previewing them to see which ones I liked. Oh, I, I think see. that's how I learned them. And that just from attrition from listening to wrestling announcers call them. But most wrestling announcers don't call the moves. No. They might call the finishing moves. So I think a good starting point, I think, if you are maybe stuck, is to try and learn the wrestlers you like, learn their finishing moves but even, first. I don't even know what the difference between a finishing... I don't know how to recognise a finishing move as opposed to a regular move. A finishing move is usually kind of like, the crowd will like, oh my god, and if he hits it, it usually means the match is, about, is going the to end. The crowd is always like, oh my god. It should be... The finishing move should be one of the biggest reactions of the match. But the thing and is... it should indicate that... That person is about to finish things. All wrestlers, supposedly, for the most part, have different finishing moves, yes. though, right? So you've got to learn them all? Yeah, I know. Well, I That's suppose, ridiculous. It's more like kind of... Don't think of it as learning loads of moves in terms of just learning a wrestler. I know that that's like a thing about him. Like, it's like homework. Well, it's like, kind of, I know he looks like this. This is maybe is his catchphrase. You know, or this is kind of, you know, it's a little summary in your head and then you know I, that they're finished. I, I just this. don't think I'm able to retain the information. I think the without playing wrestling games, yeah. I think I underestimate how big a role that might actually play. Let me know, actually, if you're a wrestling fan or someone who's getting into it and you're having difficulties or want to know about getting moved, do, do get in touch at How To Wrestling on Twitter because I think this is uh, yeah. definitely a big roadblock on the way to learning lots about wrestling. Yeah, it'd be interesting to hear if people think it's easy or hard. Yeah. Foreign object. Okay, so that's one that's, like, not legal in the ring, I'm guessing. Yes, so could you give me an example of a foreign object you might uh, see? Like a hammer. Use? Yes, hammer, chair. An axe. Fun fact about foreign objects. I'm not sure why they were called... Far- I think it's just, like, you know, it's a foreign body in there or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> foreign object. Due to the political correctness gone ruddy mad of... WCW, which was one of the other wrestling companies in the 90s, there was a period where they referred to them as international objects. Wow. Instead of foreign objects. Okay. But 
I mean, I think they were missing the point there. Yeah. Foreign doesn't necessarily have to mean another country. Foreign yeah. means not native. Yeah. And that can be used on a variety of scales, not just country. But thanks for trying. Yeah. Content warning. International objects. I don't know. Gas. Lots of wrestlers in the 80s were accused of being on the gas. On the gas? Yeah. Is it some kind of drug? Yes. Oh, is it on cocaine? Mm, no. Huh. Although, for a lot of people, that might as well have been their gas. <laughs> gas. Alcohol? No, uh, steroids. Oh, right. Yeah. I think, you know, the Ultimate Warrior's on the gas there, brother. It might be in the sentence, you know. Gotcha. Resting, steroids... That is a whole episode in itself. Yeah. Drugs and wrestling and where we stand currently and how we've got there. Definitely going to be an episode we're going to do in the future because... It seems to come up a lot. Well, I I don't know how you found it, but I certainly know that one of the main things, if you've got someone who doesn't know anything about wrestling, after, you know, oh, it's fake and therefore has no value. After that, the next thing that usually comes up from them is, oh, yeah, but they're all on steroids. That kind of like, oh, it's only fake. And then you kind of go, no, it's not fake because they hurt, they get hurt. Da, 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 da. And they're right, yeah, but they're all on steroids. Right. And it, it's a, an association with wrestling. I don't know, as an outsider, have no, you I heard really that? No, I haven't really come across that, no. No, I don't know. Maybe it's just something which uh, I've come across, unfortunately. Garbage wrestling. Does it mean they're rubbish? Yes. A particular kind of really rubbish wrestling. As in, maybe if you and I go down to Grimsby this weekend <laughs> and go to... The gala pool hall. Oh no! And on Sunday afternoon at four p.m. with a free bag of chips for entry, there's like I don't know some global force wrestling. No, not that. Um, big time Grimsby wrestling, <laughs> and the main guy who's in it is some overweight fifty-year-old wearing a pair of pants that look like they're made out of bin bags. Uh. That's garbage wrestling. You know, really shit, low level. Guys aren't properly trained. So the kind of stuff that It's Always Sunny makes fun of. It's Always Sunny. When they ran their show with the trash man, the birds of war, yeah. that was garbage wrestling. Right. Okay. okay. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, there's a, a lot written on the subject of garbage wrestling. It's it's so fucked up. <laughs> a gimmick. I use this one all the time. Adam Biblo of the Editor Podcast, who I used to live with, used to chastise me for how often I use this this phrase, gimmick. Yeah, I know gimmick. So gimmick is like a wrestler's thing that yeah. they do. I'm interested to know how much that covers, though, in terms of, like, is it their outfit? Is that part of their gimmick? I mean, it should be their I mean, their deal, their gimmick. Their whole... It should refer to as their persona. Mm-hmm. But lots of things can feed into the, someone's gimmick. I mean, if someone's got a particular outfit, that's obviously part of their gimmick. Right. Or if maybe if they speak a certain way, that's part of the gimmick. You know, Or maybe they only do a certain thing, or maybe they're a crazy guy in the ring, that's their gimmick. Okay. It can be everything from how they look, to how they act, to how they talk, to how they interact with, with, with people, or how they actually wrestle. That all encompasses a gimmick. Okay. A gimmick, though, to an extreme extent... Could also be used as an adjective. I mean, look at that, look at that uh, handle gimmick on that mug over there. <laughs> well, you know? some sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, oh, and gimmicks can also be referred to as drugs. Okay. As in, Big Sexy took twenty-five gimmicks, and man, he was still standing. I couldn't believe it. And a liter of vodka, allegedly. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so gimmick can be used. It's it's a quite a one of the most used words. I would yeah, say. Yeah, and I'm. 
I'm, I think I've heard gimmick many, many, many times. Yeah, exactly. That's one of the main ones, I think. Yeah, I, I think I wish I used it more as an unruly teen. Yeah. You know, then my teacher comes at me with this fucking homework gimmick. <laughs> and like, my gimmick is I don't do homework, you son of a bitch. Yeah. You know? Likewise, if something is gimmicked, like I say, all right, Joe, I'm going to hit you with this baseball bat. Not, not, oh, that's an awful. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's going to hit me with this baseball bat, <laughs> but don't worry, because it's gimmicked. So it's not real. Yeah, it's like set up, so it might look amazing, but I won't, it's, it's rigged up in Does some way. Does that mean that wrestling is gimmicked? Yes, wrestling is gimmicked, you could argue, okay. definitely, yeah. Green. This is used uh, across the board, I think, in sports. It means yeah. a rookie, inexperienced. He's a, he's a green brother over green there. Lad. Yeah. Someone being a good hand. No idea. It will be anyone who's considered to be like a good technician, reliable. What does what do you mean a technician? So again, I think we we talked like someone maybe who would be able to perform moves very crisp, not a lot of mistakes. It would be like grappling focused, so submissions and actual wrestling moves as opposed to just punches and kicks, like the opposite of a brawler, like we talked about. Right. Steve Austin, as we mentioned originally, would have been like a technician who then kind of transitioned into being a brawler. So okay. a good hand is someone. Who's like reliable? Kofi Kingston, right? On, in, on the main show, is someone who I would say is a good hand. I know if I put Kofi Kingston out there with anyone, it won't be shit. Okay, it'll yeah. at least be passable. There won't be a, a a massive train wreck. Damn it, no, there won't be a <laughs> there won't be a famine in the ring, you know, because of what <laughs> happens. Hard way. Don't know. It's another bleeding one. Refers to is I think if someone accidentally gets cut, like we think it was that's mm. something you mentioned, you were wondering about. If you get accidentally cut, that means it's hard way. So say I go to punch you and I accidentally swing too hard. Mm. I have to stop using this. It's a problem with an intergender podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Every time we do, let's just say it's Joe hitting me instead. Okay. So Joe goes to punch me and she accidentally swings too hard. I might bleed hard way as a result of that. Right. Okay. Here's a big one. Heat. Oh, I've heard of wrestlers gaining heat. Is yeah. that a term? Um, does that mean they're getting more famous? Uh, yeah, it can, it can be used like... Heat would could refer to their fame like to an extent. Usually it means audience reaction. So if a heel has a lot of heat, right. it means the audience is booing them lots. Yeah. If a baby face has got like, a lot of heat, it means he's got a lot of like cheers, a lot of support. Um, so that one is kind of if a match has got great heat, it means that the fucking crowd are really rabid and so really into it. that match with Rob Van Dam and John Cena. Oh man, serious John Cena serious had heat, heat in that building, yeah, yeah. Okay. big time. He could also be used as well, like say you and I have some sort of falling out. All right, then it might be said that oh, Joe and Kevin have got heat at the moment, right? Uh, because it, sounds sexy. it does, doesn't it? Like yeah. it's it's a it's a negative thing, but it sounds so romantic. <laughs> There's real heat between Hulk Hogan and Kevin Nash. Are they going to kiss? <laughs> no, it means that they probably will stiff each other in their matches. But yeah, heat, another like gimmick. It's one of the kind of the big wrestling words, I would definitely say. A hot tag. In a tag team match, usually there's one hot tag. Does it mean the sexy one? The really sexy tag. I'm guessing it means when they're really strong or powerful or do fancy things or something and you know they're going to be entertaining yeah I mean you know when someone gets tied in and they kind of completely clear the ring yeah and they're like say the good guy's been beaten down for like the whole match then he finally the audience is like oh come on please tag him tag him oh, oh. yes 
Does that mean is Roman Reigns a hot tag? Yes, definitely. Yeah. We're researching for the shield at the moment, and you've definitely seen a lot of Roman Reigns hot tag. Mm. What happens when Roman Reigns gets the hot tag, Joe? He gets tagged in, he just clears everyone out. And usually goes, Makes all sorts of grunty noises. It's kind of like a cow. Yeah. Uh, cow. Cow like cow, like a cow noise, <laughs> like a cow would make. Okay, here's another good one. And this one, uh, I'm. Uh, I think it's probably one of the most important ones. I've said this a lot, but there's a lot of terms and a lot of them actually are used quite frequently. To job, to be a jobber or jobbing. Oh, okay. So I know what a jobber is. Yeah. Um, a jobber is a like uh, not particularly famous wrestler mm-hmm. that's come up onto one of the main shows or something like that. Yeah. Um, and fought a more famous wrestler. Yeah. What do jobbers tend to do though? Lose. Yes. So if... Joe, if you're going to job tonight, if you're told that in the locker room, what does that mean? Well, I'd personally be very happy to be given the opportunity to <laughs> fight such a that goddamn wrestler. politician, Joanna Graham. <laughs> Look, I know how to play the angle. Yeah, oh, Is that the right? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, no, I imagine some people could get upset about that. Yeah, so jobbing means like if you're if you're doing the job tonight, it means you're losing. You know, and like they've played off that in wrestling. Like there was a, a group of wrestlers during the Attitude Era who were called the Job Squad because <laughs> they knew they lost all the time. And the T-shirt said, "Pin me, pay me, one, two, three, four, life." Because wow. <laughs> they all, all always lost. Like you That's know, kind of cool. I it's, like it's really cool, and yeah. it, it's quite funny. Like to hear that a wrestler who may actually be like meant to be maybe taken kind of serious here might actually be signed to a contract, but still loses all the time, would also be called a jobber. Okay. So there's a lot of, like, instances of wrestlers who might, like, they're still kind of famous, but they just lose all the time, and they have no plans for them, so they're just a jobber. They're just used to make other people look Look strong or look good, yeah. So it's a derogatory turn. If I call your favourite wrestler a jobber, you should be pissed off. Okay. Okay. Uh, This one featured heavily in the Hulk Hogan tweet we attempted to decipher earlier on, a jabroni. Jabroni. Well, I'm pretty sure I've heard that one most of my life, just in general. It's used on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia quite a bit. Mac calls people jabroni yeah. a lot, which I love this term. I don't actually know what it means, though. Does it mean like... It just means like, jabroni means like a loser. Okay. So, and it was something that would have been used a lot in the 70s and the 80s, to desc- like that wrestlers would use to describe people that they didn't like. Okay. But The Rock, who's obviously someone we'll be doing an episode on as soon as we can, folks, is... Someone who used that a lot in the 90s. He would call people jabronis. You know, that was his thing. It was yeah. quite funny. He kind of popularised it. I gave it like a second life almost. I can imagine I him that. saying it. Lucha Libre. Is it a wrestling company? No, it's a style it. of wrestling. There is a company right. called Lucha Underground at the moment. Which oh, okay. people I think have Maybe mentioned. I'm getting confused with that. Though. Yeah, Lucha Libre would be referred to as the style of wrestling in Mexico. So in Mexico, a lot of high flying, a lot of flips... A lot of moves off the top ropes into the outside. It's about pace, quickness over something like, say, guys hitting each other hard. So does that mean that the wrestling style that I really like from NXT, the sort of Adrian Neville type thing, is that count as that? It is, but I think the style in NXT is a little bit more hybrid between that and kind of, you know, they're not going to do like chops and kicks and kind of like, oh, wow, that looked really like, you know... Like a real, like an awesome kick-ass suplex. That might happen less so in Lucha Libre than, say, it would in like a Japanese wrestling. So I'm not sure if you would, uh, how you take to uh, Lucha Libre. I think you'd like it, though, because, you know, there's guys that are in masks. It's really cool. It's a unique style. Definitely how to Lucha Libre yeah, is something you would definitely, definitely do. That'd be really interesting. 
And here's a really big one, and one which was used around 20 times in Hulk Hogan's tweet mentioned earlier. A mark. A mark is something I've heard used many times. Yeah. This is usually a term of derision which will be used. It's used it can be used against wrestlers, it can be used against fans. Um, let's see, an example of using it in this sentence. The marks in Scunthorpe are pretty fucking stupid if they think that this stuff is real. Okay, right. So it's people who are fooled easily then? Yeah. Okay. In its ancient, ancient, ancient primordial form, Mark was used extensively in the Carney language. Right. Along with, you know, kayfabe and whatnot. Obviously, if there's going to be someone who we think is a sucker in the crowd who we can shill for a lot of money, what they actually would do is, allegedly, they would use a bit of chalk and actually just put a little mark on their back. Oh. So that would know that the guy who's doing the act or whatever knows, all right, this is the fucking idiot with the money. Look at this. This is the mark. Right. Let's use him. And it's a derogatory term. Wrestlers referring to marks is usually like fans who don't know anything are easily fooled. Wrestlers can be accused of being a mark for themselves, however. How? Example of a sentence. I hear Hulk Hogan has got a room full of Hulk Hogan merchandise. He's such a fucking mark for himself. Hmm. Does that mean he's in love with himself? Yeah, or takes himself too seriously. Okay. Maybe buys into his own hype. A lot of wrestlers, I just use Hogan as an example, but people would say, another wrestler like, say, Bret Hart, who was someone who took himself quite seriously and took what he did quite seriously. So he might be accused of being a mark for himself. Right. Anyone who's got, like, their own merchandise and hanging up on their hallway or well, something like that. Who wouldn't? I'd do that. I, I would as well. Definitely. I, I'd have a whole room. It's apparently a thing with celebrities having a me room. I don't know if you've heard about that before. Yeah. Having a room where it's just full of, like, Hell, their merchandise. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't have a how-to wrestling room. I want one. I- I'd like one in the wing of the podcast house. Yeah. You know, that'd be nice. <laughs> marking out. No, I don't know. I was marking out an awful lot when we watched that NXT Japan special. What? Or, let's see, when The Undertaker returned recently, I marked out. No, I've no idea. It means just like, wow, 100% enthusiastically lost my mind. Oh, okay. I think you and I marked out at WrestleMania when Seth Rollins ran out and cashed in his Money in the Bank briefcase. Yeah. That's the example, I think, of, of marking out. Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah, marking out is a good thing, even though the word mark is in there. Yeah, that's confusing. It's like, oh, man, I loved your match. Seriously, I marked out big time for it. It's a, it's a good thing. A monster heel. Does that mean a particularly bad, scary heel like Brock Lesnar? Yeah, so like a monster heel is a kind of like almost like... Ah, he's big and scary, like, you know, as opposed to kind of like a sneaky heel. So the equivalent of a white meat baby face, maybe? Kind of, yeah. A white meat baby face versus a monster heel would be a very old school program. Right. You know, over. During the Attitude Era, Steve Austin was over with most of America. Oh, over. Okay, so that means that they liked him. Yeah. Or, you know, oh man, uh, Adrian Neville really impressed some of the people backstage. He's really over with the office at so the moment. So is it just like a short version of winning them over? I think just over just means that people buy into you, oh, if you know right. what I mean. If you're over as a heel, that would be different, though. If you're over as a heel, that means that people legitimately fucking hate you and want oh. to see you get beat up. Like, Seth Rollins is over as a heel, I would say, because people like, I hate him. He's such a bad but guy. But it's still a good thing. But it's a good thing, yeah. If, that, if I could describe a match as being, this is funny, that match was over. That doesn't mean that it's finished. That means that it was Not really over, well received. Over. Yeah. It doesn't like get confusing. I've never been confused by it. 
But only speaking to you now have I realised the absurdity of this lingo. Yeah. <laughs> I swear this happened in Frasier. <laughs> I swear to God, now, this one, if you hadn't guessed it earlier, I thought this is the one you would have thought was fake. But a potato. fuck's sake. I don't know. I have no idea. Use it in a sentence. No one potatoes me, motherfucker. I still don't know. Can you use it in another origin of words? We actually used this in the editor podcast once. It was like, goddamn, like Bradshaw and Vader. It was a fucking potato factory. A potato refers to a blow, a punch or a kick or whatever in wrestling that actually hits you for real. Oh. It's usually meant to be... Not on purpose, but they can be. So Vader, if I remember my wrestling history correct, yeah. he he did a potato. <laughs> well, yeah, he, he he would potato people all oh, the time because okay, he would, he would his punches, his fake punches. We would just like most times he would just hit you for real. Yeah, it's like God damn it! I went in there with Vader and I got potatoed. You right. know, he was fucking dropping potatoes left and right, brother. You know, <laughs> God damn it! Doesn't this motherfucker know that it's a work? Why does he? Why did he potato me? You know, that that was some more examples of yeah. using our wrestling lingo we're building <laughs> up now. But yeah, potato, I think, is one of my favourite, favourite terms. A potato farmer as well is using for someone who, who uses, who gives a lot of potatoes out, like... Fucking hell. Fucking hilarious. That's great. I don't know the genesis of that. Yeah, be keen to find out. I don't know why intentional punch equates carbohydrate food loved by Irish people worldwide you're saying it not me i know i'm just saying i can i, yeah. I can i can say that if you say it, i'll give out to you on yeah. twitter <laughs> if anyone listening in knows the genesis of potato please Definitely. let us know promo that's the like short film or speech that they get to give yeah. before a match so like a promo could be like a little interview a little video package explaining what's happening Promos are usually how you figure out what's going on, like in the storyline, more They're or less. The fun bits. Yeah, I love <laughs> uh, WWE. Okay, regardless of the storyline, are have some of the best video editors in the world. Yeah, and even I went into shows going, mm, I don't care about this, and then they'll play a promo, and at the end of it, I'll be, it's like, you know, one man will prevail. I'm like, oh god, like put <laughs> damn you har- hairs on arm, get down. You know, I'm not invested in this emotionally. A push. I'll, it, I'll give you a hint. It's what you thought a bump yeah, was. Yeah, I figured it would be. Yeah. So How did you get bump and push mixed up? <laughs> oh, God. Fake wrestling fans. I mean, come on. <laughs> Ugh. So it's when they get the support from the team. Yeah, the whatever. office, the, the, the management, the, yeah. the powers that be or whatever. They give them a little push. Kevin Owens beat John Cena. On, on a on a big show. He must be getting a big push then. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a be it used But not sentence. a bump. Not a bump. I mean, he took a huge bump in that match. He might get a push as a result of it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that might work. Wrestling is silly. Here's another big one as well. Putting someone over. No, no idea. All right, putting someone over means letting them beat you. Okay. So if you're a big star, putting someone over is like, that's considered to be like so something you John should do. So John Cena... Doesn't put people over. Well, he did with Kevin Owens, He did. Right? He put Kevin Owens over, but he rarely puts people over. You know what okay. I mean? Okay. Putting over would usually, it doesn't just mean to like kind of, a jobber wouldn't put someone. Yeah. You know, it would usually, it's usually use a little bit more reverence than that, mm. you know. Wrestlers who would be accused of not putting people over would be kind of viewed as being selfish or right. or not giving back to the Hugging all the limelight. Hugging all the limelight, exactly. A receipt. Can you use it as a sentence? 
You potatoed me, so I'm giving you a receipt, motherfucker. Is it like giving it back? Yeah. So if someone hits you yeah. accidentally for real, you do it back intentionally for real. As in, myself and Billy Keeble were working the Fresno territory, and during the match he hit me with a potato, and motherfucker busted me hard way. The next night in Reno, I said, here's a receipt, you sorry jabroni, and so I hard weighed him himself. That, 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 Half of that is still nonsense to If me. you go back and listen to the episode, though, you should be able to piece that all together <laughs> and, 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 and translate it bit by bit. But yes, definitely, a receipt is paying back. And that can be used for anything, as in like, oh, you you paid a trick on me? Well, here's your receipt. I'm paying a trick on you. Okay. You know? Now that you know what half of this means, this could be quite easy, but a ref bump? A ref bump? Is that... Well, I know what bump means yeah. now. Do you know what the referee is? I know what the referee is. A yeah. referee bump. Oh, when a wrestler hits a referee. Yeah. For real. And usually that's part of a storyline. It's used an awful lot in WWE. It's during the part of the storyline of a match. Where, like, someone's winning, but, oh, no, the referee's been knocked out, so they can't pin them or, and win the match. It's used a lot. Almost too much, some would argue. Billy, on the Attitude Era podcast, once on a pay-per-view, counted the matches that had ref bumps. Oh. And it was, like, in eight matches, seven of them had ref bumps. Wow. So if you try to view that as a plot device, imagine if in The Walking Dead... <laughs> You know, there were eight times they used this one plot device. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, it would it would seem kind of ridiculous. A rest hold. I got oh, blown. Oh. oh, you know this one? I think I've got a good idea for a guess yeah. of what it could be. Is it when they get them in like a headlock or whatever uh, and they like have them held tightly and it's to get their energy back? Yes, very good. So that it can slack off but not look like they're slacking off. And usually uh, during a rest hold, if a bad guy will put it on a good guy to slow down the pace of the match... Everyone gets a bit of a breather, and usually the crowd will start rallying, you know, clapping to try getting back to their feet. So that's what Kevin Owens does a lot of, doesn't he? Oh yeah, as Kevin a, Owens, as a, joke. As, a, as a troll yeah. move, will use a lot of rest holds. Wait, what was the word that worked instead of trolling? Um, working. But a match that has a lot of rest holds is usually viewed negatively. Yeah. As in like, god damn, that match was five minutes long and there was three rest holds? Right. A lot of wrestlers, my top wrestlers are often criticised of using too many. Randy Orton, John Cena are all people who would be accused of using a lot of rest holes. Okay. And if a wrestler is someone who might lose his conditioning and get quite blown up and tired, as we mentioned earlier, they might rely on rest holes to get them through the match. Right. Nice way of adding a few minutes. It's it's the wrestling equivalent of adding slow motion to an action scene. (laughs) You know, padding it out. A rib. (laughs) I don't know. That no good trickster played a hilarious rib on me. Now there's toothpaste in my underwear. Oh, like a silly jape? Yes. It's a, a goof. A goof, a gaff, a practical amusement. <laughs> I think this is wrestling specific, but wrestling wrestlers ribbing each other, playing ridiculous pranks on each other. We could do a whole episode yeah. on that. So would you refer to it as working a rib? Or does that not fit? You could say that, like, oh, he, he, he ribbed me, and this he worked at the whole thing. Like, he thought he acted like it was a shoot. You know, you know that kind of thing? <laughs> okay. like, you know, someone might ring up someone on the phone, pretend to be someone else, and ring them at, like, two in the morning, and, like, that motherfucker, he worked me with this rib of his, you know? You could use it in that context. Okay. But, yeah, ribs, there's some wrestlers will be known as kind of being infamous rib artists, basically. Okay. Who would play a lot of practical jokes. Like Steve Austin. Steve Austin would have been considered more of a bit of a loner. This is not, this is behind the scenes now. Oh, okay. This isn't like on the main show, Steve Austin, 
you know, hitting Vince McMahon in the face with a cream pie. Oh, I see. This is like backstage, you know. This is the equivalent of George Clooney, the actor who notoriously plays tricks on people. Yeah, basically. Yeah, (laughs) George Clooney would be considered to do a lot of ribs if he was in wrestling. Yeah, so yeah, I don't want to get into the people who are famous for ribs right now because you don't really know them and I don't think knowing about this is more important than knowing about them as a person. So I'm sure we'll come to them. When we come to, say, like an own heart episode, we'll find out about his ribs. Yeah. And fun will be had. A rat or a ring rat. I don't know. This is basically a wrestling groupie. Derogatory term, which would have been used in the 70s and 80s. What, so as in someone who wants to sleep with a wrestler? Yeah. That's a horrible word. It's an awful word. Do they even exist these days? Not really. It would have been used more during the times when kayfabe was still a thing and wrestlers would pretend to be, like, for real and, you know, they would have kind of people they would visit in the city. But, I mean, there are guys who obviously sleep around it. That's not a term that would be used, though. But it would be kind of like promotions would be like, that would tour it around and be like, oh man, the, the rats in San Jose were, were you know, disgusting or amazing or Jesus. whatever. It's really awful. It's not used anymore though, but it's something maybe like an older wrestler Ew. or guys working on shitty indie shows. You might hear that kind of still. But That's gross. It's a gross word. Just use groupie. That sounds... No, uh, don't even... That's an awful word as well, I guess. Don't group all these people into a big yeah. box, maybe. It's awful. <laughs> A road agent is basically like a producer for a match. I think we mentioned in earlier episodes that matches have producers, people to help put them together mm. and tell you kind of what's happening. Each wrestling, each match would be assigned a, an agent or producer in this case. So that's kind of what they are. A run-in. A run-in. Is that when someone runs in to win the match and play tricks or whatever? Yeah, either interfere in the yeah. match or cause some sort of distraction. Matt, again, it's like a plot device, and if you sit down and count the number of matches in wrestling that have run-ins in them, as in someone comes out that's not involved in the match to help alter the ending of the so match. would a very famous example of that be when Steve Austin turned heel? Yes, definitely. Vince McMahon did a run-in. Yeah. Exactly. Very good. Yeah. Thank you. Excellent. <laughs> and usually a ref bump will lead to a run-in. <laughs> and again, if you were to count the number of times that there's ref bumps slash run-ins, it's a lot, you know? Wow. Wrestling... A lot of old school wrestling purists think stuff like that is what kind of ruins wrestling. Right. Is the fact that these are kind of, for lack of a better term, I would say, I would use the term plot devices. They wouldn't. Okay. They would maybe say tools of the trade or things you can do. Mm. I think that if you use them a lot, it loses its meaning. Because think about it. If one time this year someone runs in on a match, say it's the main event of WrestleMania, Mm -hmm. and someone runs in and costs someone the championship you're going to think that person is a scandalous dog yeah because there's thousands of matches this year and one time one person ran in and caused it what what (laughs) in japan for instance a run-in would be like what because it's not done very often when people do it now it's kind of like viewed as being like whoa could you run in that's not what in wrestling every show two or three times yeah. You'll see a run-in. Yeah, And I common. think you've got a point, I think, that it's overusing it. Yeah. So you're going to kill a character in every episode of uh, The Walking Dead. <laughs> oh, wait, they do. Never mind. <laughs> a sandbag. Steve Austin sandbagged me, so I potatoed him as a receipt. <laughs> sandbag? Does it mean knock out? Sandbag is someone who's uncooperative. 
Oh. So if I'm trying to pick like you up... Like limp, like a sandbag. Yeah, basically. Right. Like I'm trying to pick you up to fucking, you know... Um... Oh, I remember reading about this in Mick Foley's autobiography. Oh, brilliant. I remember I learnt that word. Yes, I think he talks about a wrestler called Neil Mascara sandbagging him. Which that could mean everything from being uncooperative when I try to pick you up for a move, you won't work with me. Yeah. Or when I do a move, you make it look like shit. Right. You know... No selling would might be another way of saying that. Where like, say I do a big devastating move on you, it doesn't actually hurt. Yeah. Maybe it just makes a big noise. But then I get up straight away. And I'm like, ah, you're no selling it. Okay. You're, you're making me look weak. You're making the fans think that you're invincible and I'm shit. Mm. So it's it's quite a it's a heinous accusation. Okay. It's a bad thing. This is another one which I think is so ridiculous. A schmoz. A schmoz. A schmoz, Jerry. Can you use it in context? <laughs> Kramer, I don't know where you're going with this schmoz. We should put the kibosh on it. Sorry, I will use it in a non-Seinfeld context. A schmoz. We couldn't decide who was going to win the championship match, so Vince and the bookers decided that we would just end it in a schmoz. Still don't know. A schmoz is just like a, re- a non-finish. Like loads of people run in, they throw the match out, it just ends. So when it gets really silly. Like, for instance... We watched Battleground recently, a pay-per-view for mm. WWE. And the main event of that, it was meant to be Brock and Seth. Yeah. That match didn't end with one person winning. It just ended with someone running in and then the match just being inconclusive. Yeah. That's a schmoz, technically. Okay. Or say if like just like 10 people run out and just start... It's a big brawl and it goes crazy. It's a schmoz. Mm. It can be used as a distraction technique if they've kind of put themselves in a situation where neither man can really lose. Oh. Because it might be like, oh, if... This guy wins the match, it'll be good for his character, I guess, but the other guy really can't lose any more matches this month, Uh. and vice versa. We'll just end it in a schmoz. That means no one has to lose. If we use a schmoz a lot, though, again, it's a plot device that's used... Then it can get dull and repetitive. Yeah, because then you, if you have a lot of schmozzes, it means that, hey, don't bother watching the big shows and the big matches because there's nothing conclusive happens and it doesn't matter really who wins or loses, does it? Yeah. Because the match is going to be a schmoz. So, again, one which people would say WWE might use a bit too much. Dirt sheets. <laughs> they sound fucking disgusting, don't they? Well, it sounds like something you'd put down to protect your carpets from paint when you're decorating. Some may. Some may do if they subscribe to a print copy of the the dirt sheets. Using it in a sentence. I only went and spoiled the big surprise for NXT tonight by reading the spoilers on the dirt sheets. So newspapers or news News results? sites, results. Okay. Would most famously refer to, I think you've heard me listening to When I Cook, I listen to Dave Meltzer. And his Observer wrestling radio thing. It's just like the insider scoop. He knows people. The news. The goss. The the scandal. Yeah. (laughs) Back when wrestling was very closed, people didn't like the dirt sheets because they thought it exposed the business. And like, you're not meant to know about backstage comings and goings. Say, for instance, if a wrestler is getting on poorly with backstage management or something big has happened you're not meant to know about, you, you might hear on the dirt sheets... The real story behind what happened. I remember someone tweeting in saying that I should become a mark and not a different word, which I can't remember what it was. But it's basically the gist of the message was that you shouldn't find out too much about wrestling because it yeah. can like ruin the magic for you. I think the best way to put it is this: when we, I, I'm not using this as an example of the best fucking surprise ever, okay? But 
if you and I had went on dirt sheet websites before we watched that Battleground pay-per-view, okay, you probably would have found out that The Undertaker was coming back. Right. And you would have sat down watching that show, knowing at the conclusion of that main event that The Undertaker was going to come back. Mm. Do you think you would have enjoyed the show less as yeah, a result probably. of that? Yeah, probably, yeah. Or, say, for instance, you know that it's Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose tonight for the World Heavyweight Championship in a big ladder match. And Dean wants to, you know, you've, you've really into this storyline. But you've read the dirt sheets and you know that there's a plan in place that Seth Rollins is probably going to be the champion for many, many months into the future. I'm not saying that's actually the case. But just say you know that. Because yeah. you, you're up to date. You know the backstage comings and goings. Do you think you'll enjoy that match more or less? Probably less. Yeah. I think people say being a mark is like not necessarily a bad thing because you're kind of just, you're letting them surprise you. Mm. And I try to avoid spoilers if I can from big shows because like Samoa Joe appeared on NXT was a, was a big wrestler I'm a big fan of and he mm. appeared on this NXT show. And I didn't read the spoilers in the dirt sheets and that moment was very special and huge for me. I think letting yourself not be... 100% informed of everything. Yeah. Hey, let's not read this leaked script of Game of Thrones Season 6, guys. Let's actually, you know... So avoiding spoilers, basically. Yeah, does that's that mean, really what it is. Does Twitter count as a dirt sheet, then? No, but Twitter will... It all filters down from the dirt sheets. Okay. Dave Meltzer will report something on his website, which he's got through, you know, journalistic means. Yeah. Which will then probably be passed down and copied and pasted on a million shitty news sites. Not all dirt sheets are the same, folks. I mean... Melster's site is good. He does his research. Most of them are people who just nick off other people's stuff and don't credit it. Mm. So they're not very salubrious, a lot of these websites. It's nice to know what's going on. And it's nice to know the behind-the-scenes story. I like to know, kind of, hey, this guy is in in the bad books with the management, or there's a plan here, or there's something else going on. Or I do like to know to an extent. But if it's to the point that you're going to spoil every show for yourself, yeah. Yeah. Don't you don't have to be and that brings us to our next one being smart what do you think that means it's in relation to that if you're not a mark you're meant to be smart oh, okay so not being gullible about things I'm guessing is yeah it's, it's knowing things basically right. these, these are the smart fans so they know obviously that wrestling's not real or whatnot, but they know that this guy's going to win this match and he knows that this guy's been injured so that's why he's going so to be written you, out this story. you're storyline. a smart fan. I guess. I don't want to refer to myself as being... But, you know... You always seem to know things, though. I I think I have a knowledge from being a fan for so long but yeah. I don't claim to know the inner workings of business or how people are going to act or whatnot. I, I, I reckon some things. Yeah. I can reckon with the best of them but I'm not going to claim to be some sort of fucking... You know, like anything. Um... Adventure Time. Adventure Time. I think there's people who are fucking hardcore Adventure Time fans, <laughs> right? Yes. And they're pissed off if you don't know that, you know, Rebecca Sugar wrote this episode and this character and how don't you know? You know, it happens, I think it happens with all media. Right. I think wrestling is because there's very much a, an entry-level layer and then there's a the kind of supposed s- select smart few who know everything that's going on. And yeah, it, it is awesome to, to be smart and whatnot. I don't think that should dictate your enjoyment of it. Yeah. And if you're a new fan listening to, to Hate Wrestling, I would follow that man's advice on, on Twitter, whoever it was, and say, yeah, don't just spoil everything for yourself. Let yourself be surprised. That's how wrestling works. <laughs> yeah. And smart mark is a term which people will use to describe someone 
who thinks that they know everything. Oh, I see. It's kind of like, no, I, I heard on John Cena's Twitter that he is going to beat Randy Orton tonight. So ha 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 Right. YouTube commenters, basically. That's how I would use it. Now, these are all, <laughs> not to confuse you even more, folks, but my definition of mark and what constitutes a smart mark and what constitutes smart, that it depends on the person. Okay. Some people will say, if you pay $9.99 a month to watch WWE Network, you're a mark because you're giving them your money. That makes you a mark. So being brother. a fan? Yeah. Being a fan automatically makes you a mark because you're you're not a performer. You're being performed to. But I'm guessing that's a term only used by wrestling fans. Yeah. So what, do they just never, they live in a cave and never watch wrestling? <laughs> God forbid they become a mark? Honestly, if you see someone, uh, not to pigeonhole people, but if you see someone who says something very reactionary and angry or like, fuck this, co- you know, fuck wrestling, I'm never watching it again. Look at their Twitter feed, they'll probably use the term mark at least three or four times <laughs> by one scroll down. Yeah. Uh, you'll find it there, you know? All right, finishing up here, the last few a spot in a match a spot is usually when it's just like kind of a big move in a match or a, a sequence or whatever huh. like oh he did that spot where he uh, you know bounced off the ropes and then flipped backwards oh or, okay so amazing spot there you know right and um, a spot you can also use being like a quick time event you know people complain that games have got too many quick time events yeah and people complain that sometimes oh that match was just all spots wait is that a bad thing some people could view it as being a bad thing. That sounds exciting. If your match is just all spots, it means that you're just doing cool thing and there's no psychology. <laughs> just being really cool. It's just and non-stop. Really impressive and. But some would argue if there's no ebb and flow, okay. no peaks and valleys, it's just non-stop. Wow! And then this happened, and then this happened. You can kind of see it's like maybe loses some of its. Yeah. If you're doing non-stop big moves, the big moves tend to lose some of their importance after a while. No, I understand. You know? Yeah. A squash match. We watch these on NXT all the time. Baron Corbin usually has a oh, squash match. really short matches. Yeah. That just, last like a minute. Sometimes it could be like 10 seconds. Huh. Or three in the case of, of, of Mr. Corbin. If I accuse you as a wrestler as working stiff. Uh, hmm. Why, God, that suplex was so stiff. Jesus Christ, you nearly broke my back. Hard? Like, yeah. Like really aggressive? Yeah. Steve okay. Austin would be accused of being stiff. Right. Mick Foley coined Playing the term. Kind yeah, of kind of getting into it a little bit too much. Right. You know, you actually hit me a little bit for real there, maybe. Some potatoes, maybe, <laughs> as a result of this stiffness. Mick Foley coined the phrase in his autobiography, that moment it hit me harder than a Steve Austin comeback punch. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that would be... Stiff is usually not a good thing. Right. If you're stiff, I don't want to wrestle you, because you're going to hurt me. <laughs> you know? A strap championship belt oh, the title okay. he's got the strap you know right guess what Vince McMahon hates if you call a championship title a belt what it's not a belt god damn it what is it then it's, it's a championship title okay a belt holds up your pants allegedly oh a championship title is a symbol of excellence so does he hate strap even more then that would be one that would be used amongst management and wrestlers yeah I'm getting the strap tonight can you believe it maybe we should book John Cena to win the strap Okay. Yeah, you know, that's best for business. That kind of thing. A swerve. Oh, okay, no swerve. Do you? Yeah, a swerve is when you think something's going to happen, but then they like do something else. Yes, swerve is like basically the old switcheroo, and it's like a what? I didn't see that coming. Very popular in the late nineties in the Attitude Era. 
synonymous with Mr. Vince Russo, who someone will probably have to do a, an episode on. Oh yeah, eventually. we've had a few requests for how to. We Vince have Russo. how to Russo, how to so, <laughs> Vince how to so. <laughs> a swear it would be like was used a lot back then because it was just kind of like. Oh man, I thought he was with him, but he's with him? So it's doing a heel turn the same as a swerve? Can often be, yeah. Okay. Like, you don't see it coming is the most important thing. Right. You know the famous clip of Vince McMahon pulling off a mask and going, It's me, Austin! (laughs) Oh, son of a bitch! That's a swerve. Right. In other companies, it kind of got a bit ridiculous, though. They're almost trying too hard. Yeah. And and WCW in the late 90s, the commentators would just use that word over and over again. It's a swerve. There was once I remember watching a show I watched and he went, there are swerves and then there are swerves. But needless to say, we have all been swerved tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I want you to start a new podcast called Cinema Swerve. Cinema Swerve would be an amazing crossover episode. Oh, man. Calling it now. Calling it now, definitely. (laughs) Last two then. Worker and work rate. They're kind of linked. Are they linked at all to a work? No, actually. Okay. Which is, yeah, you'd think they would be. So a worker is not someone who's actively deceiving you. But Seth Rollins is a hell of a worker. He wrestled six times this week. Oh, so he's really, like, dedicated and tenacious and... Wrestles a lot. Wrestles. Oh, right, okay. You know. Or his work rate was incredible because he took, like, ten bumps in that match. So, John Cena, would he count as... Because he's very hard... I would say definitely John Cena's got incredible work rate. Definitely. Referring Referring to specifically, like, in the match, it would be someone who's, like, doing lots of cool moves, takes a lot of bumps. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. A work rate, like if someone will describe a match as having an incredible work rate, maybe we'll watch a 20-minute match and they will just be wowed. Yeah. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Jesus Christ, the work rate in that match might be... So Adrian Neville and Seth Rollins. Usually guys who are in shape, kicking ass, and are on top of the fucking industry. Someone, though, who might be an older, slow guy... Not got a good work rate. Okay. He just poddled around the ring and did two or three moves. That would be kind of a, a negative thing for yeah. a work rate. And those, I think, would be the main ones. I know we've probably missed some and people are going to tweet in. I'm sure there's ones we've missed out. If we have missed them out, do hit us up on Twitter at HowToWrestling. And Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash HowToWrestling. Yeah, and of course, uh, make sure you're subscribed as well. And make sure you're subscribed on iTunes, getting all these episodes directly. Unannounced bonus episodes such as these ones may appear in the future. Exclusive. Exclusive. (laughs) <laughs> and of course if you're there as well please leave a rating or review thank you so much to everyone who's left one so far uh, it's really nice to hear some feedback from the show so do let us know your thoughts there it helps the old algorithm we uh, often sit here reading them out to ourselves feeling good sipping brandy like oh, that's a nice review yeah and of course if you've recommended this to a a friend family member significant other anyone who you're trying to get into wrestling or you know someone who's a laps fan trying to get back into it Thank you so much. Uh, a lot of people have done that already. But do, if you're considering someone you want to get into this weird world of wrestling with you, why not yeah. send them a how-to wrestling's way? We, we'll, we can be their journeyman. Their we, shortcut. The we, cheat sheet into we, wrestling. We can be their Sherpas on <laughs> this long, lonely road up the icy mountain that is sports entertainment. What do you think of the terms then, Joe? Oh, it's so overwhelming. I feel like I need a little pocket notebook now to keep track of them all. I think maybe a, a, a laminate. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. You can just have to pick up. <laughs> okay, so um, a little bit of a break in the action there that was unanticipated. I thought it might be a good idea to see if Joe could construct a really wrestling little 
short story almost, or like like you like you do German exam for your GCSE and you have to do a <laughs> postcard bit at the back. This is basically Joe's postcard. It felt a lot like from, old from, German homework. Yeah, it felt like it's Joe's postcard from a wrestling she's watched. Yeah. So the point reference for this Joe's incredibly wrestling little bitch he's going to do now is from the John Cena Rob Van Dam match we yeah, watched. That's right. At so, ECW. ECW. 2006 which we discuss in episode two. how to john cena yeah how to john cena so do check that out for, for context but yeah I, i'm interested to see now joe it was basically like she was doing homework it's awesome i can't wait to see what you've come up with <laughs> okay you ready yeah so we have john cena who's drawing major heat from the smart marks and the angle is rob van damme is challenging for the strap both take a lot of bumps and there was a screw job finish there was a ref bump then edge did a run in and the booker gave rvd the win and everyone marked out Fucking A. Look at that. <laughs> and that's what happens when you try to work a work and work yourself into a shoot, jabroni marks. I feel, <laughs> I feel like I'm giving myself too much like justice here because uh, <laughs> that took me ages to write. Oh, still, that did, it did take her ages. That was the immediate, this is an awesome idea, followed by, like, there was a pen, paper, and a laptop involved. Yeah, this is making, this recording is making it sound like I just came up with that off the top of my head. I didn't. No. <laughs> and I'll be honest, right, we went through a lot of wrestling terms here, okay? Yeah. And I don't think it's something which it's going to be immediate thing you're expecting everyone now who's listening to this podcast to know what every fucking thing means. No, even I can't remember some of the things we've just covered. I'm going to have to listen back to this episode. It's a point of reference. And if you are watching and you're tweeting, by attrition you will pick up a lot of this stuff. Yeah. If you only know a few of these terms, you can probably try and un- unravel a lot of it. And if you're unsure, just ask your friends at How To Wrestling and we can <laughs> translate any wrestling lingo well, okay with the exception of a Hulk Hogan tweet because maybe yeah. I just don't think that I no have those idea. skills but yeah that's some wrestling lingo if you are a new fan or someone who's just learning a lot of terminology and you've constructed your own sentence like Joe has just there uh, tweet in let us know I'm interested to hear experienced knowledgeable expert wrestling fans sending in their elaborate sentences too a lot of this list I think is subject to interpretation we'll probably get tweets of people saying no, a mark is this, or no, this is what happens when you work a shoot and shoot a work, you jabroni mark. You know, <laughs> it's inevitable. It's it's just meant to be kind of a guide, I guess. I hope it's been of some help. Mm. It was fun doing a bonus episode with you, Joe. Yeah, I like bonus episodes. Let's do more. Yeah, now Joe's head is crammed full of knowledge and feels, content. Feels painful. It does. I think we need to like you know loosen the latch at the back and let your swollen brain just kind of yeah. you know, lounge out a little bit. Drill a little hole. Well, it's been fun doing this. It's goodbye from me, Kevin. Goodbye from me, Joe. We'll see you next time in another episode of How to Wrestling. See ya. The other little bit I wanted to record. There was one I left out, Joe, which is looking back now, it's probably one which has been used since since the fifties or so, which probably hasn't aged very well. Mm. Refers to as pearl harboring someone. What? Yeah. Is that okay? Is that when you injure them not that badly and they make a huge fucking deal out of it? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Is it when you put a wrestler over in Hawaii? No, it's not. It's uh, it's a Pearl Harbor is 
is a sneak attack from behind where you completely lay someone like they don't see it coming and you completely lay them out. That's so fucking inaccurate. <laughs> I know. That's so, but no. Because I'm using we my didn't term. have, yeah. <laughs> when wrestlers don't have radar, this kind of thing happens. <laughs> completely what no idea I have a funny feeling that when we watch some classic 80s stuff you're going to be shocked because the commentators literally use it it's like and then Hogan Pearl Harbor's Savage Jesus. and then he Pearl Harbor's the million dollar man it's ridiculous how US centric that is yeah very much so wow not a good term that's just so to use. <laughs> putting your fingers in your ears and going la 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 yeah there's a little bit of that I think when you're doing wrestling terminology 